The Filter Not Included Podcast, starring Brock the Boss Withrow, Gavin Mr. T. Turnick, Natty B. Brisson, and Eric Westy Westman. are in the studio recording the filter not included podcast welcome back everybody brock the boss Hero here with maddie b brisson eric g men westman and gavin g turnick so what we're going to do is we're going to get on to our uh nice little moment there where we have westy having to say a few things about the boys and gavin's cowboys after his g-men lost to the how about them cowboys nation so westy you've got the floor yeah i guess uh, i was totally wrong about the Giants going into Dallas with that. We just got absolutely blowed up. You know, it didn't help with the, all the injuries that we got. I think we had seven. You injuries. don't win that game anyways. Come on. I mean, we – with no Daniel getting the concussion there, Saquon gets his ankle ripped up, you know. Okay, I'm not going to – we made a bet. I'm going to – just going to say three nice things so, about each, each of you. Okay. So- so for all you fans out there, before he goes on to it, last week we had a bet going on, our first rivalry week bet between Gavin's Cowboys and Westman's Giants, where the loser of the game has to say three nice things about all of us on the podcast, as well as talk some nice things about the opposing team for 60 seconds. So, Westy, who are you going to pick first with your three nice things? Oh, I'm going to go Matty Beaverson. Let's start with him. Let's like, get the hardest one out of the way, right? You know, I'd say one Matty B. Brisson. His Bengals are looking pretty good this year. I'd say they're, they're playoff contention. I'd say that's a nice thing to say about you as you are a diehard Bengals fan. Uh, another nice thing that I could say about Matty B. Brisson is that uh, he's got a good job and he makes pretty good money for what he's doing right now. So there you go. Good for you. Happy for you. And another third thing. Uh, this is hard. Those glasses look nice on you. I know people can't see them from uh, from the audio here, but uh, in the video here, your your glasses look good on you. You know, I'll give you a pass on that one, Westy. But I'd appreciate next time if you would describe what I do for work if you make me sound less like a hooker. Fair point. There you go. All right, Westy, who's the next guy? Uh, we'll go to. Uh, Rock the boss with her. You know, three nice things. He he's created this podcast so all of us could speak our uh, ideas and our opinions on this uh, this platform. Oops, created that. Um, another nice thing about Brock the boss with that his Cardinals are five and zero and the undefeated, undefeated only undefeated team in the NFL. So he's probably pretty pumped about that. So gets a little gratitude right there and lastly brock the boss with her can chug drinks back like no one other all right there we go all right now the hardest one of all which unfortunately is gav i don't know how it could get much harder than what that just was but uh why don't you try and say three nice things just about gav not even his cowboys um three nice things you know gavin's gotten uh bigger over the last few years you know that's it's one nice thing congrats on that uh, lastly, too, uh, or not, secondly, 
uh, <laughs> Gavin as uh, a good dedication towards uh, the sport of football and, and whatever he does. And lastly, uh, Gavin as a, as a good friend. Well, there you have it. There are the three nice things about everybody. And that was one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life. And he called me a hooker. He said, Gavin's gotten fat over the last few years. And he said, Rock can drink like everybody, like no one else in the world. Like that's, we just got collaterally shot there. Now, the toughest part, but you got 60 quality seconds of talking about the Cowboys. Go. You know, Mike McCarthy had a really good game plan at home. You know, he ran the football with the head, two head horses, Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard. I'll, I'll give him that. You know, he they had a good plan of attack. You know, Dak Prescott made some key good throws, made some really good throws to CD there for a touchdown. You know, we, we got dismantled this week. And, you know, I think what the Giants can learn from that is, you know, preparation and going into there, to have a better game plan and maybe not get too many guys hurt. So. I hope that is my time there because that's all I got for that. Now on to the next subject because that was painful. Sure. At 41 seconds into it, we'll give you a stop there because, you know, that's just for the fans there. Uh, well, our next thing we're going to talk about is a couple big key stories that have happened in the NFL and maybe some sports ones as well. But Maddie B, we're going to start you off. Uh, what's the headline that's caught your attention the last couple of days? All right, well, uh, you know, you got to be drunk, high, or stupid to miss this one, but uh, my man, John Gruden, unfortunately lost his job. You know, I feel like he was wrongly persecuted. Uh, actually, I shouldn't say persecuted. I should say he was wrongly hired because that guy never should have been fucking hired on a job. Uh, he doesn't know shit about football. He was solely hired just because he was on an ESPN panel and he sounded good. Um, but, yeah, you know, John Gruden, I think I don't really want to say the specifics of his emails because I don't want to get canceled. If you Google it, you will find a plethora. Um, he said some pretty nasty stuff and he said some pretty racial and homophobic stuff. And I don't think there's any place in this world for it. I don't think anyone on this podcast, I know nobody on this podcast thinks there's anything there, but you know, he was a bad coaching hire and this just solidified it. So I I don't know. He he lost the locker room almost instantly. He is still living in that house in Las Vegas, right beside where his former quarterback, Derek Carr, is building a house. So that's going to be really, really fucking weird. Um, but, you know, it's, it's unfortunate to see that there are still these things plaguing us in 2021. And, you know, at the end of the day, just got to got to try to be better than the person next to you and I think John Gruden wasn't that and I think we've seen the end of that he's not going to be on any tv show he's not going to coach another football game he's not going to be on any analyst panel that he is going to be buried so far down we're never going to see him again yeah he might coach high school football like Philip Rivers again can you imagine though if we saw Philip Rivers John Gruden high school football game holy shit on my tits I'd love to watch that yeah, that would be pretty electric to see those two across different sidelines. But uh, the one thing I completely forgot about that you brought up was the fact that the, he lives right beside Derek Carr. I remember when they first moved to Vegas, that was like the big storyline that they were building houses beside each other. And everyone was like, well, it's kind of the whole, 
it's not a matter of fact of if it's when and obviously when is happening right now and when it's going to become awkward you know john gruden picks up the paper from the front step gives an awkward wave across the driveway to Derek carr uh cutting his grass uh that's just gonna be awkward and you gotta think john gruden's already looking to move because if not that's just an awkward situation but uh uh westy gab you got anything on that uh headline there no i think matt said it said it best with what his statement right there we don't stand for any of that and he shouldn't be coaching in the nfl or in any league no 100 uh, like no 100 and like and like and like we already kind of went over too he lost total respect out of the locker room and like rightfully so so yeah, he won't he won't ever be in the NFL again, He'll never be in football scene again. Hey man, he's even they're even taking him off Madden 22 after this week. So he's getting completely canceled from the NFL as a whole. No, that's a no. great comment there by Gab, actually. So like there's there's two things there to unpack. Is like the apparently the Washington football team had these emails on Friday, uh, and they didn't get released till Sunday. So they knew what was going, going to be released and then Fuck, or the Raiders had this on Friday, didn't get released until Sunday, so they knew it was fucking coming. Raiders Raiders lose. Gruden apparently on Monday shows up at the facility, uh, hands in his racket, jumps on his sword instead of getting fired. Um, and then Tuesday, I believe it was the timeline, is that there were more emails that came out about the homophobic stuff and just so much more bullshit that should never ever be said. A and B, it should absolutely never ever 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 be put in writing so they can come back and bite you in the ass and in addition to what gavin said there the whole man 22 thing i think is fucking hilarious it's like tearing down a stat like how we just went through 2021 and everything with the racial division that's going on but like proactively taking people off of video games that's the most millennial version of ripping down a statue of all time yeah, correct. Like, if it was called Gruden 22, the name would not be Gruden 22. They'd be finding someone else to make Madden 22. Uh, if it were. <laughs> yeah, those are, those are all good points. And, um, you know, obviously we don't stand for that. And, you know, it's it's a big topic. And, unfortunately, you know, it got buried up from the past. But, you know, that's that's how it works. Again, you don't put in writing. That's just fucking – that's just philosophy 101 right there. You don't put any shit like that in writing because, obviously, it's going to come back to bite you. And, it did come back to bite him and, you know, his days in the NFL are gone, are done. And it uh, brings me to my last point on this subject is, you know, there's a vacancy there uh, in Vegas as a head coaching job, you know, new stadium, Derek Carr, you know, whether he's a new quarterback for the future or whether he's got a few years left and moves on. But, uh, you know, before we move on to the next one, you guys got any potential candidates that may take that head coaching job yeah. either this season or at the end of next or at the end of this season? Yeah, what, uh, actually, Wesley and I uh, were actually speaking about this like not too long ago. We we're actually thinking that Kellen Moore, uh, offensive coordinator from the Dallas Cowboys, will be heading over there after the year. So I think Kellen Moore is due for a head coaching job after this year, especially what he's done over over in Dallas. So I think and that's a good spot for him over there. Another another one we got that uh, Eric beat enemy the offensive coordinator on the Chiefs. He has been looking for. I think he's been in talks for head coaching jobs here in the past couple of years. So I don't know when's the move from Patrick Mahomes to Derek Carr, but you know that's that's coming up real quick. So I think those two candidates are definitely in store to be in Las Vegas next year. Yeah, no good. I I think the enemy was what I was going to say. Um, the one thing about the enemy is that I believe that until this year, there was rules about when coaches can sign contracts for the next year. So the problem with the enemy is why he hasn't been a head coach or a core, 
because he's a coordinator right now. The reason he hasn't been a head coach is because there are rules about when you can sign your next contract. Uh, so the rules said that until your current one is done. So basically the Chiefs have been absolute studs, made it so far in the playoffs. Every other team has bet their money on being hiring someone else because they can't hire Biennemi because he's still his team is still advancing. So I believe this year they changed the rules so that as soon as playoffs start, the if someone is a coordinator, they can sign with another team as the head coach as long as it's a promotion. It's something like that. So I can see Biennemi definitely being one of the people moving over there. Um, that would be my best bet. You know, if they wanted Zach Taylor, uh, I think we could probably get, get him out of Cincinnati pretty easily. Yeah, it's one of those maybe pick a Bengals coordinator job. You know, they've been doing such a good job. They turn around the program, give them a head coaching job now, whoever they are. I bet you, you don't even know who they are, the coordinators. But the uh, enemy is a good one. I've heard Josh McDaniels, but Josh McDaniels is not leaving New England, especially for a Vegas job. Uh, no college coaches coming up to take over. It, it's one of those for me that I, I have a tough time believing the enemy is going to leave the Chiefs uh, until they start, you know, having to go through a rebuild potentially, which obviously is just about impossible with a guy like Patrick Mahomes. But I think he's kind of like a Josh McDaniels where he's going to stick around with that team and be a part of a successful franchise and potentially get the keys to the kingdom once Andy Reid, you know, leaves town and retires. I mean, Andy Reid's definitely not getting younger. He's getting bigger, heavier, slower, fatter. Uh, you know, there's his clock is ticking. Chris Berman style will tick, 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 tick. But it's one of those that I don't think the enemy is going to leave town. Uh, I think it's going to be my, my prediction is going to be one of those stupid like special teams coordinators or like, you know, the assistant punting slash running game coach for a team. That's like, how do you even consider looking at a candidate like that? You know, like obviously uh, Joe Judge was he was special teams coordinator, right? So that's that's a bit different. But. Uh, I think it's going to be the most awkward, weird position, like, you know, tackles coach, not even offensive line coach, but that's my prediction. It's just the most odd position on a team and he's going to be hired. So that's my prediction. Uh, moving on, we have another story uh, involving the Washington football team where the, obviously we've been talking about the FBI ready their office last week. Haven't heard much on that front. So Maddie B, you're a headline specialist since you're in the game. Obviously not the hooker game, you're in the government game, but what's your uh, governmental take on the, the Washington football team, the FBI, and uh, what's going on there? So here's what's going down. So the Washington football team, with three days notice, announced that they were retiring Sean Taylor's number. So I will level with everyone that's listening to this. I don't follow the Washington football team, nor was I very involved in football past like four years ago. But Sean Taylor apparently was a very, 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 very good football player. And his stats showed that. I looked that up today. He balled out. But you know what the organization did to him? They didn't ball out when they said that they were going to retire his number so that's the thing that bothers me the most about this is three days notice three fucking days notice so as someone who worked in professional sports previously i'm not allowed to say where it was it was interesting um there is no fucking chance that this decision was made three days ago you have to fly the players in, you have to fly the friends in, you have to fly the people that are going to be giving the speeches in, you have to fly everybody. And also, Sean Taylor is no longer with us. So 
there is a whole nother level of not just we're putting this guy in the fucking rafters. We're putting him, or sorry, it's football in the wall of honor. We're we're also giving the respect that he deserves to his life. And that is the most infuriating thing. Three fucking days. I'm pretty sure when I went to Blockbuster back in the day in 2004, I got a rental for longer than three fucking days. And then the Washington football team, their president had the balls to go on Twitter. I forget what his name is. And, and say, I'm sorry, we should have given you more notice. Like, suck my balls. If you really want to give more notice, then you would have just fucking done it. But who, like, there should be mass firings there, but there's a whole different thing. Like, they're, they're just going to fire the people who sent pity picks of cheerleaders there. Like, I, I don't even know. Like, I'm just so disappointed. Like, this has been a horrible week for football news. You got Gruden, you got, you got the whole Washington football team just being an absolute gong show, just as expected. But, like, like fuck me. Gab, you look like you got something going on in your brain about this. Let's hear it. No man, because like just like looking at looking at the past things, because like if you know the Edmonton Oilers, there were we're retiring uh, Lowe's number this year. We were given seven months notice to buy tickets for that event. If you guys, if you want to see, if you want to see Lowe go up in the rafters. So yeah, like you said, you said it best. Something is going on there in Washington, and like the three days noticing is kind of baffling to me as well. Yeah, there's no excuse for having three days. Uh, to prepare for something like that, especially, you know, somebody as historic as Sean Taylor. Uh, it, it's it's embarrassing, but obviously we know the real reason behind it. It's because they're trying to cover their asses because, you know, I'm sure, you know, by the end of Sunday, there will be something coming out in the news, uh, you know, negatively revolving this investigation with the Washington football team. Maybe some Jake, some John Gruden things back in the day, uh, you know, linked to it with uh, the executive. I can't remember his name for the moment. Bruce, I think it's Bruce Allen or something like that. But there was a guy in Washington Redskins that was affiliated with John Gruden, Jay Gruden as well. But we know why they're doing it. It's still unexcusable for them doing it. And, you know, hopefully people realize that uh, why they're doing it. And they're not just, you know, pretending that it's just they forgot to tell people. Kind of like Prasad's text there in the group chat uh, where he had it linked up, forgot to send it. It's nothing like that. They just completely, this was strategic. And at the end of the day, you hope that the people that are able to be at the event, you know, whether it's people close to him or not, uh, they can still enjoy the moment. Uh, you know, they can enjoy what Sean Taylor was for this franchise, what he could have been and uh, what he always will be in those people's hearts. So moving on, but those are our headlines for the NFL. We have a couple there. We're going to move on to our picks next and we got some other segments as well. All right, we've talked about John Gruden. We've talked about the Washington football team, and we gave Westy his time to shine, and he shit on his shoes big time. But now it's time for the real deal of the podcast, our preview. We're going to do it a little differently this week. A little time crunched here in our personal lives. So we've got to talk about it real quick. Don't have as much time to talk about the games. So we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about each of our favorite teams' matchups this weekend. We'll talk about some of the more popular games. Obviously not count the fucking Dolphins and Jaguars in London although that'll be a under for the ages. And we'll talk about the games that we're actually going to want to watch on Red Zone all week long. So we're going to hand it off to Gavin, who's going to talk about his Cowboys this weekend. Uh, Gav, who are your Cowboys playing this weekend? Uh, we're heading out to Foxborough, playing the New England Patriots. Uh, and so for all you betters out there, fun fact here for you, the Cowboys this season are actually 5-0 and against the spread. 
take that one to the bank. The Cowboys improved to the second best offense in the in the league, averaging 450.8 yards per game and 34 points per game. New England is coming off a victory against a sad Davis Mills. And honestly, guys, like he looks like he claps his hands together after sex, like he's proud of himself or something. Um, and I'm a big believer that the game is one in the trenches. So and hear this stat. The, the Cowboys rushers this year have a combined 864 yards throughout the first five games this year. The New England Patriots rushers have a combined 400 yards throughout the season so far. So my prediction is that the Cowboys win 24-17. Beautiful, Gab. That's what we're talking about. Uh, all right, moving on. Anybody else got anything about that game? Any uh, storylines that Gab missed? I think, I think the Cowboys are good. I think the Cowboys are good and they're going to be a problem. You know, they got to, they kind of took advantage of the Giants who were like a drunk girl at Beercade, but you know, the Cowboys are good. I think they're going to do some damage going forward. And I think they got a couple potential award candidates on their team. So uh, the only thing I have here with this game uh, for some reason, you know, high octane Cowboys offense, you know, New England defense, uh, I, this, this game screams under to me just because of how rough my gambling's been. I probably the entire world's taking the over. So I'll take the under, uh, just like I do with most of my bets, but I'm gonna take the under 15 and a half here. Uh, Westy going on to your giants. Who are your giants playing this weekend? The giants are at home against the Los Angeles Rams. You know, uh, the spread is a minus nine and a half right now for the Rams. And, you know, it's it's probably fitting because the Giants got 25 players on the injured list right now. And I think I think 15 of them are questionable to play. I think Daniel's damn Daniel Jones was limited uh, in practice. So good sign that he might play. He might not. But we got Mike Lennon. That's going to be the backup role. I think he's been he's been everywhere from Chicago to Jacksonville. And he's just one of those guys that if we got to throw him, I think he could maybe get the job done and keep them within nine and a half to beat that spread. Um, this game is very, very tough just because, you know, the Los Angeles Rams are on a roll with Matt Stafford and, and this game could get out of hand real fast or, or it could not either way. I'm probably going to watch it and bang my head watching it. So. Yeah, like you, when you talked about Mike Lennon, you know, being places, playing for other teams, I don't think that's necessarily a good thing you want in your, you know, starting quarterback. But again, you know, who knows, Mike Lennon, this could be his moment to shine in uh, the Meadowlands. But uh, yeah, I just, I don't see any reason for the Giants to have a chance in this game, Daniel Jones or not. I, you know, there's so many injuries that it's, just, it's, it's a, I'll call it B squad Giants regularly turned into a C minus squad with all the injuries. So you know, and who knows, Wesley, we'll be sitting here next week fucking praising you because your Giants won because that's how poorly I have been on my predictions. But uh, I truly do think that 98% of America has taken the uh, the Rams on this one. So, uh, Brisson, moving on to your game, your team is on the road. Who are they on the road against? All right, fellas, the Bengals are on the road against the Lions. So the Bengals, three and two, uh, lost one game by a field goal, lost another game by a field goal in overtime. The whole, I, if you're listening to this podcast and you watch the NFL and you missed the Bengals-Packers shit show of last week, uh, you should um, you should do something very bad, but I'm not going to say it because I will get in trouble. Um, yeah, the Bengals minus three and a half against the Lions. So 
Burrow is currently scheduled to play on Sunday, but he does have a throat contusion, just like Westy's sister after the casual trip to Kelowna. Uh, Joe Mixon is uh, downgraded from the did not to uh, he did not participate in practice, so he was a limited participant yesterday and then got downgraded this week. So or today, so it's up in the air if he's going to play. And the other big injury to the Bengals is Trey Wayne. So Trey Wayne, so the guy we paid a uh, three-year, $40 million deal to, he's only played in two games, uh, and that's two generous games there. Uh, he's injured again. So I'm not fucking surprised. But uh, for the Lions, they got TJ Hawkinson. He's a limited participant. And that's pretty much all that matters about their team's injury list because they are shit. Um, but yeah, here we go. Okay, so... Everyone and their mother saw that Dan Campbell cried after losing to the Vikings last week. So there is many times that I've cried in my life. And losing a week five game to the goddamn Minnesota Vikings would not make me cry. If I was the coach, if I was the fucking owner, the only time I would make me cry if I had a million dollars on it. And I don't have a million dollars, so I couldn't bet it. So I'm not even going to get into that hypothetical. But what happens if they lose to the Bengals? Like, what happens if the Bengals go out there and fucking dismantle this team? What if we sack Jared Goff half a dozen times? Like, what does Dan Campbell do from here on out? And my answer to that is suck on these nuts. The Bengals are going to drop him all over Dan Campbell's face, and he is going to ball for so long that he's going to get a Kleenex sponsorship for next year. Well, uh, that's a very aggressive take. I was thinking about asking you if, if the Cincinnati Bengals were in the Lions' shoes, would you have cried yourself as a Bengals fan with Dan Campbell? Uh, but obviously you're not in that situation. Uh, we know, obviously, you answered that very well. Yeah, I, the, the Lions, this could be a letdown spot uh, for the Bengals here, especially being on the road, but I don't see that happening. Three and a half, I, I don't like that, but uh, stay tuned. I have my future bold prediction coming out of this game, so I'll let you boys know that at the end. Uh, the last game we're going to talk about here in depth is my Cardinals going on the road against the Browns. Here are the three things you can talk about and that are the headlines of the story. Number one, battle Oklahoma quarterbacks. Social media has been just jizzing all over the whole Heisman Trophy, Baker, uh, Kyler. They always love that matchup. So, uh, fuck, be prepared for that one. Uh, Kyler's been rubbing his shoulder the last few games and the Cardinals are also injury riddled. A couple guys on the COVID list, including Chandler Jones. Uh, it's a classic uh, questionable game. I like to play from, you know, Wednesdays till Sunday kickoff where it's the guys are questionable the entire week and you don't find out if they're playing or not till the last second. And guys, including D hop, Rodney Hudson, the center who we got from the Raiders and other players that are key to this five and O team. And uh, the last thing you need to know, uh, you know, Cleveland Browns, number one, rushing offense, Arizona Cardinals, number 28th rushing defense. So uh, yeah, look for a lot of, a lot of, a lot of yards on the ground there for the Browns. I don't see them stopping a nosebleed anytime soon, especially if they keep if they have key guys missing. Uh, every fiber of my body wants to take the Cardinals plus three and a half, but I really do not think it'll be close, especially depending on the questionable game, like we said on Sunday, if some of these guys play, if Kyler is 100% or if he's banged up. Uh, I think the Cardinals have to bring their A game against a Browns team that's been, you know, quite uh, quite consistent all year, so... I don't see the Cardinals winning this one. I see it being five and one, but hopefully I'm wrong and I stay six and zero. Oh. Uh, you guys got anything on this game that I meant uh, that I missed? 
No, no. I think you said it all there, Brock. I think same thing. I think we kind of touched on it last week, talking about the Browns rushing attack. Like Cleveland, the only way they're going to be able to win this football game is if they keep Kyler off the field and Diop off the field. So they're really going to have to utilize the clock, run the ball with um, with um, Hunt and Chubb, and then just control the clock during the entirety of the game. Beautiful. All right. Well, we're going to get on to the games that matter here the rest of the slate, starting with the Los Angeles Chargers going on the road into Maryland to play the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens are favored by three and the over-under is 51 and a half. Uh, hopefully this is a good color game. Uh, I'm hoping that it's a great color game, but Matty B's got his hand up. So we're going to give him the floor before we kick off things here. Yeah. So, you know, here, I'll be, I'll be blunt about this. Everyone who says Lamar Jackson, MVP candidate, can fuck right off. I don't think that's happening. I have no faith in them or that offense. It always just ends up being Lamar Jackson scrambling to win this game. You know, he's good. I'm not saying he's not good, but that team is not, not going to go anywhere. I would say that team is the third best team in that division. I got Browns one, Bengals two, Ravens three, and I got the Shitlers at four. Yeah, you guys, uh, either of you two got anything else on the, on that game, Chargers-Ravens? I think this is – so I think CBS is, has this game. So it's a good Tony Romo and Jim Nance. Jim Nance, color combinator. So, you know, I think Tony Romo will have some pretty good calls out there with uh, Justin Herbert. He lo- he's in love with Justin Herbert, if you hear him, if you watch any of his games that he does on him. But this will be a good game if, you know, if uh, Justin Herbert does what he did last week, Protect the football, make good throws, find the open guy. Chargers are probably going to win this game. That's what I think. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm actually surprised the Chargers are favored. I'm sure that that uh, Monday night game helped their uh, line a little bit there, being favored at home. But uh, I think the Baltimore Ravens, like Brisson said, is a bit fraudulent, and it kind of shows up sometimes, doesn't show up the other times. But the one thing that is very consistent is the Chargers' defense. I think they're the real deal. Uh Yes, Mr. Guy. Uh, who did uh, who did the Chargers lose to again? Uh, they lost to. It's a great question. The all Dallas right. Cowboys, baby. Okay. Just, I just reminded all of our uh, listeners out there. There you go. Yeah, okay. The Cowboys yeah, beat the Chargers. Great. Thank you. Thanks for coming. All right. Next game, the uh, dreadful Packers going on the road into Soldier Field to play the Chicago Bears. Packers are favored by uh, five on the road, and the over-under is at 44. Uh, any uh, Packers-Bears storylines we should look into this other than Aaron Rodgers destroying Chicago Bears fans yet again on a Sunday? Fuck Matt uh, Nagy. <laughs> yeah, you and Matt Nagy, you, you guys don't get along very, very, very much. I love it. Uh, no, out of Chicago, just the same thing. Um, they're losing their – they don't have Demont again this week, so I think that's going to be a huge hit for them, especially with the rookie QB. So I, I think Green Bay takes this game. But again, I said it last week. I say it all the time. Division games are closer than people think. I think this one will, will be a little bit wider spread. I think Green Bay wins by 10 or more. Yeah, I don't even think uh, Chicago has Damian Williams, who's on COVID protocol right now, too. So I don't even know who's going to be playing running back. They might have a receiver back there. Well, I'm sure whoever it is that the uh, running game will be pretty abysmal because they'll be running the Andy Dalton offense still. So look for a pretty disappointing day there in Soldier Field. Uh, the last uh, one of the last games we're going to talk about here, the Raiders on the road going into Denver mile high to play the Broncos. Broncos minus three and a half. 
over under 43 and a half. Uh, this is a AFC battle. We got the uh, Denver Broncos and Raiders pretty much tied for second and third in that division, both three and two. Uh, big division game here. Uh, Raiders on the road in Denver. Uh, what are your guys' predictions for this game? This should hopefully be a good one. I think this will be a pretty close game. I think it'll probably come down to a field goal ending right up to this to the end. I mean, I think the Raiders might pull this off without Gruden out there calling plays anymore. So I think the Raiders have a really good offense. And when they use all key piece, all every key piece they got from the run game with Josh Jacobs and using um, Henry Ruggs a little bit more and a little bit better. And even Darren Waller, they, they got, they got some studs on that team. So I think, I think it'll be a really close game. What do you guys think? Well, I'm just looking. I, uh, I couldn't see him on the injured list. So I assume Teddy two gloves is back playing for uh, Denver that game, which obviously gives Denver fans more hope than, you know, dancing drew lock there. But uh, I think Teddy Bridgewater is a experienced veteran. I think he is a, you know, a perfect guy for Vic Fangio's team there where they rely on their defense more and they just need a safe guy to protect the football as opposed to Drew Locke. Uh, I think this Raiders defense is very good as well, but I, I truly do believe it's the who's going to blink second. And I believe this game is going to go to Denver. Uh, I don't, I think I take the Raiders points, but I, I do see the Ray, uh, the Broncos winning this one at home, especially in division games, hard to not win home there. Yeah, no, no, uh, no good points on that. I think it really comes down to, too, if uh, interim head coach Rick uh, Biasca, if, they, if he can get them ready in time. Um, so both teams are coming off back-to-back -back losses. Uh, I think I, I think I take the Raiders in this one. I'd rather ride with Derek Carr over Teddy B, in my opinion. So I think I got to go Raiders. But, again, it really comes down to if uh, interim head coach Rick Biasca can get them ready in time. Come Sunday. You know, I think what Gavin said was on point. I think Gavin also said a key word there. Do you guys Did you guys pick that up, too? In term, this is not John Gruden. John Gruden installed his offense throughout the last, I don't know, 16, 18 weeks of what they've been doing as an organization. That has all been stripped out. There is a strong chance the Raiders team we see on Sunday is not the Raiders team we've seen before. So with that being said, Derek Carr, get the fuck out of here. I got the Broncos. Beautiful. All right, we're going to move into our next segment. First time here on our NFL preview shows on the Filter Not Included podcast. It's the upset game of the week where we give you one game where we believe that an underdog is going to win the game outright, and we are going to pick that right now. So, gentlemen, does anybody have their upset game of the week that they have lined up right now? Uh, you know, I'll go first. I'll take the Broncos. Broncos going to beat the Ravens. They're going to fuck them up. Perfect. Uh, well, my uh, upset game of the week, I believe that the Seahawks are going to upset the Steelers Sunday night football. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I just really do think Steelers are frauds. Uh, I'd rather Russ Cook than Ben Stew, uh, in my opinion. So uh, look to take the Seahawks there against Steelers. Uh, West, your Gav, have you guys got a game? Go ahead, Wes. Um, I'm going with the London game, the Dolphins at the Jaguars. I think this is the game that Trevor Lawrence could could possibly ball out here and and get his uh, first win as a NFL quarterback, you know, out in London. Where are they playing? What in London? Tottenham, Tottenham. Tottenham. Yeah. 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 The one thing uh, our producer Gav here pointed out, uh, the stats guy is I completely forgot, but Russ is out for the Seahawks. That's just something weird to say because this is his first game ever not starting 
For the Seahawks, you got Geno Smith. How do you not root for a guy like Geno Smith on Sunday Night Football primetime? Uh, so still taking the Seahawks, but no Russ. Geno Smith taking over the helm. Uh, Gav, your upset game of the week. Yeah, um, honestly, like, I don't, really, I don't know if you, if you even can really even classify this as an upset, but they are on the spread and money line. Um, Arizona Cardinals. Man, they're the only undefeated team in football, so I don't know how you, you can pick them for the upset game of the week. Right now on Bet365, they're actually listed at plus 160. So, man, like, uh, th- that's a value bet in my opinion, and I can I can see them going to the Cleveland to get that win. So I got to ride with Arizona here. Like, only on a team, undefeated team in football, I think you got to roll with them here. Beautiful. Well, let's hope uh, at least one of us go one for one today on our picks. Hopefully we don't go over in our first week or first segment ever of the upset game of the week. The last segment we got here for a preview show uh, we've done in the last few weeks. I don't think anybody's hit theirs. I was looking it up from the last podcast. I still think we're over in our future predictions, but uh, that's the point of it is, you know, when you hit it, it just is that much sweeter. So our future predictable prediction segment, I'm going to start us off. I believe that the, you know what? I don't even know if this is a bold prediction either, but I think it's just a nice prediction to root for. Uh, I believe the Lions are going to lose this game in the last minute of the fourth quarter to the Bengals. Uh, whether it's a last-second field goal or whether it's a touchdown and they can't you know, storm down the field to tie it up, I believe they're going to lose this football game in the last uh, 60 seconds of the fourth quarter. Uh, Matty B shaking his head, obviously, because he's hoping his Bengals are going to route him 45-3. But quite frankly, red zone screams that this is going to be a game that they show – uh during this game on red zone that's going to be oh my god who's the kicker uh for the Bengals again it's not Evan McPherson yeah McPherson is going to hit a fucking daggerous and Detroit Rock City is going to go up in flames uh either one of you guys right now what is your future prediction uh Westy you look like you're mulling something over there with your uh you know clueless look that we saw at the start of the show what do you got going on for your future prediction I got to fade your Cardinals this week. Um, I think the Browns will have a team total of 250 rushing yards against the Arizona Cardinals. Jesus Christ, that's a fucking run game and a half. But uh, future and bull nonetheless, I like it. Uh, Gab, why don't you give us your future prediction for this weekend? Yeah, uh, my my bull prediction is coming out of the uh, Chargers-Ravens game. Uh, I think Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson are both going to throw for over 400 yards and three touchdowns each. Bryce, that's bold. I, I don't see Lamar throwing for 400 against his Chargers defense, but again, that's why we call him bold prediction. Yeah, I was going to go 350. I don't think that was bold enough, so I went four. I love it. Uh, Matty B, what is your bold prediction for this weekend? All right, gentlemen. As you know, I'm the guy that throws out the wild predictions here. So last week, I said there was going to be a streaker in London. No streaker in London. So I'm coming back at you with that heat. So what I'm thinking – I don't know if you guys saw, but on Twitter, there was a video of the Baltimore Raven fan, fans, I should say, ripping their tarps off and getting the boys going in the stands. So I'm going to say we get minimum one shirtless hype-up video going viral on Twitter. Beautiful. I love it. Uh, like Matty B does, he keeps it off the field, and that's why we brought him in here. There is our future bold segment that is our nfl week six preview show hopefully you enjoyed it enjoy your nfl sunday enjoy your nfl red zone enjoy your scott hansen and quite frankly enjoy your week six thanks for listening guys we'll talk to you guys next week milk me peace and love love you guys take care see you boys